1: free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: Today's episode of the locked on Phillies podcast is brought to you by built bar. Go to built Use the promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. Today is Monday, April 26th, 2021. And on today's episode, and there's a lot to unpack here. Usually, I like to keep things relatively positive. I've gone on a few rants before, but especially on a Monday, you know, good vibes going into the new week. But there's just no, there's no good vibes to take away with this Phillies team right now. They go into Colorado, Coors Field, lose two out of three to the Colorado Rockies, who were 6-12 and coming in to this series, this weekend series that the Phillies played on the road with them. They were one of the worst hitting teams in all of baseball coming in. You wouldn't have known it this past weekend. You certainly wouldn't have known it from the game on Sunday. Phillies losing 12-2 in the game on Sunday, losing 2 out of 3, losing the game on Friday. On a walk-off home run to Rymel Tapia, they did get the win seven-five behind Aaron Nola on Saturday. But man, oh man, this feels like the Phillies teams of old, and it's not necessarily the bullpen blowing it night in and night out. Though they had a horrible week, blowing games. I think it was four nights in a row, and including that game on Friday night, and then finally holding down the Aaron Nola win on Saturday, and then in today's ball game. Chase Anderson gets into some trouble in the fourth inning. The game was lost when he couldn't get John Gray, the Rockies pitcher, out who hit an RBI single to keep the line moving. He had a chance to get out of that inning and make have the Phillies have a 2-1 lead going into the fifth. Instead, so John Gray ties it with a single, makes it 2-2. They put up a seven spot. The inning was more than 50 pitches. Joe Girardi goes to David Hale, your long man, in a high leverage spot. That didn't make any sense to me. But this team's deficiency deficiencies rather are showing left and right. They don't have rotation depth as we all suspected coming into this season. Matt Moore stinks. Chase Anderson finally had a stinker today. Couldn't get through four innings. Loads the bases. The grand slam by Trevor Story. Three of the runs were his. The bullpen had a bad week, though. Ultimately, it's certainly a lot better than it was last year. Center field, we all know, is an issue. And I hate to say it because I really I tweeted out that we're all going to come to terms with this fact at a different pace. Because he's a really great guy. And it just proves that if you're a nice guy and a cool guy in the clubhouse, you certainly get extra slack. But Andrew McCutcheon is a, a pure shell of himself right now. I don't know what's worse. Him in the field, him at the plate. His at-bats don't look remotely competitive. He misplayed a ball and left. The guy can't field anymore. I don't even know if you can justify hitting this guy leadoff anymore on what's supposed to be a competitive baseball team. The team's got one outfielder, and it's Bryce Harper. And it's a real shame because he homered twice in the game on Sunday. Reese Hoskins is getting hot again, and he's a streaky hitter, as we know. But Harper's playing like a potential NL MVP lately. And again, it's still early, but he's got an OPS over 1,000. He guns a runner at the plate. Hits two home runs, and you're saying, wow, he hits... The Phillies' only two runs were off his bat on Sunday. He threw out another one. What this guy, what, what can't this guy do, right? He's putting the entire team on his back. Whenever, no one else is picking him up. RealMuto's got an OPS over 900. Hoskins got his OPS back up to 832. Alec Bomes had a disappointing year at the plate. Didi Gregorius has a, had a disappointing year at the plate. Gene Segura's hurt. One bright spot from this past week was Nick Mayton coming up. He has done nothing but hit ever since he got here, and he, he's done nothing but look good in the field ever since he got to the big leagues. Actually, reports over the weekend that he's been taking fly balls, and be ready because the Phillies have definitely one, probably two outfield spots to fill, if not this season and the next year or so. And if Gene Segura is going to come back from injury, and Didi Gregorius is still your shortstop, and... Bohm is at third base and Hoskins is at first base. And again, there's already a lot of bad defense on the infield. We could be headed to an all-in Phillies lack of defense lineup. Taking Nick Maton, who has no professional outfield experience, to the outfield, but that's a separate issue. But actually, a positive of how well he has played this far. But man, oh man, you cannot waste the performance that Bryce Harper, Har- Bryce Harper, rather had on Sunday, and you cannot waste the hit. You know the hitting coming back for Reese Hoskins, and you cannot afford to waste just an all-out effort from your best players, because you have guys in the leadoff spot who can't hit, you have guys at the end of the lineup who can't hit, you have guys at the back end of your rotation who frankly can't pitch, you have an entire field of guys, I was looking at the Phillies defense and saying, what guys are really above average at the position? JT Realmuto behind the plate, yes. Hoskins, not a good defensive first baseman. Gene Segura is hurt right now. Didi Gregorius has had a bad year in the field at shortstop. And he visibly was frustrated, more frustrated than I can even ever remember him, with his time in the Phillies following an error in the series against Colorado. Alec Bohm, below average third baseman. Bryce Harper, I'd say, plays a pretty solid right field and he's got a pretty good arm, but then you go to center field and you have a guy who can't hit. Roman Quinn, who can't historically is bad at tracking fly balls, but at least he covers some ground. And Mickey Moniak, who, unless I'm forgetting something, has been relatively fine in center. And Andrew McCutcheon, who can barely hit his weight and doesn't look like he belongs in a major league outfield right now. That's what this team is dealing with. And look, it's still early in the season. The Phillies are 10 and 11. They're headed to Bush Stadium to play a team who they won a series from already in the St. Louis Cardinals. But this team needs to learn how to play on the road, and they need to learn how to play on the road fast. We've all heard that they have a 350 winning percentage on the road in the past, since 2018, I believe it is. That's frankly not going to get it done. Since 2018, they've basically been a 500 franchise. Two seasons under Gabe Kapler, a season under Joe Girardi. They always hover around the 500 mark, and that's what they're doing right now. It doesn't feel like anything has changed because they know how to play baseball at home, but on the road, this is a stat since the beginning of 2020. So the pandemic season, 60 games last year, 11 21 games this season, rather. But again, this is only taking into Account road game. So 37 total since the beginning of the Joe Girardi tenure. The Phillies are 11 and 26 with a minus 49 run differential on the road since the beginning of the Joe Girardi era. That is ridiculous. Like that is historically bad. And this team has holes left and right. They have injuries in the bullpen to guy and COVID issues in the bullpen to guys like Archie Bradley, Jose Alvarado. Vince Velasquez is now starting games and he wasn't wasn't horrible the other night. He allowed just two runs pitching in uh he, he you know he gave you four innings. Okay. I, I, that's about as good as it could have gone for Vince Velasquez. Great. So now we're sitting here with a rotation that and that's basically what Chase Anderson had given you thus far by the way. is Four innings, two runs in most of his outings. You turn it over to the bullpen. He blows up in the game on Sunday. This rotation doesn't have the depth. This team in the lineup certainly doesn't have the depth. The offense is inconsistent. The defense is bad. Where do you you even go with this team? And they, They can't figure out how to win games on the road. Still don't feel like Joe Girardi is making a huge difference. I still can't even get over this decision to go to David Hale the team's long man who stinks with the bases loaded with Trevor Story up at bat. And he leaves a pitch right over the middle of the plate and Story crushes it for a grand slam. Cause what else would you expect in that spot? It's April. It's early Phillies are 10 and 11. Maybe they'll go out to St. Louis when two or four, maybe even three or four surprise us all. But it really feels like a team that after starting the season strong at five and one, has just been, they've fallen off and now they're just treading water. And the only saving grace is that basically everyone else in the National League East is doing it too. And the only way they could have had a worse Sunday is if they were the Atlanta Braves who got one hit and no hit in seven inning games respectively. If you look at the NLE standings right now, they're 10 and 11, the Mets are 9 and 8 in first place and they're a game back and they still have some games to make up. So they're in it It's early in the season. They're still very much in it. But their deficiencies are showing left and right more than I think I or anyone could have imagined up to this point. And it's really, really starting to irk me. And we're 21 games in, 162 games total to go. We got five plus more months of this. This feels like a team that can't just be fixed at the trade deadline. They're more than just one or two players away from truly being a team that deserves to find themselves in the playoffs or legitimately content. And this was the question I asked all offseason, that we all got excited that JT Romuto is back. And we're all excited about year three of the Bryce Harper contract and year two of Alec Boehm and Aaron Nola and all these guys that are in their primes or in the case of Boehm, theoretically supposed to be in their prime. And I think eventually he'll come around. I can't imagine these... I'd like to think that these struggles are not a permanent sophomore slump kind of deal. But man, oh man, if they can't maximize Mm -hmm. these years, these prime years of those players, this is going to be one of the worst eras when we look back on it in Philly's history of the team that could never get over that 500 hump. And thus far this season, it just, it feels like 2020, 2019, 2018, a break-even team who can't string any type of winning str- winning ways together, find different ways to lose games like they did on Friday with a walk- bullpen allowing runs in each of the last couple innings, including a walk-off home run, like I mentioned to Tapia, on Sunday just totally getting your ass handed to you because you can't get the pitcher out. And then they, they put up a seven spot and you allow 12 runs, getting embarrassed right off the field. And losing two of three in Denver, by the way, to a Colorado Rockies team that you have not won a series from at Coors Field since 2012, like Charlie Manuel was the manager. There's a lot to say about this team. i got to pace myself throughout the course of this season, but things are not good. More about uh, this Phillies series in Colorado and just the state of the team in general on the other side, but first, I want to tell you about my friends at 1010. Look, this episode is brought to you by 1010. It's a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day, only on BlueNile.com. to search the words 10x10. 10 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and it's fairly priced. So you can give her something that is special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10x10 10 10 at BlueNile.com. I also want to tell you about my friends at BetOnline. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, and that promo code is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from the Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft, April 29th through May 1st. Recapping this weekend series in Colorado, and we'll start with the Sunday massacre that was at Coors Field. Things started uh, with some positive vibes for the Phils Top half of the first, Bryce Harper homering to right field in the bullpen area and you know, getting Chase Anderson a lead before he even steps out onto the rubber. Bottom half of the first, uh, he did walk Trevor Story, but no hits allowed. So now through one, Philly's up 1-0. Top half of the second, a couple of base runners, Nick Maton, draws uh, another walk. His at-bats, again, have looked great ever since he's been up on the big league squad. Mickey Moniak drives a pitch to left field opposite way. Really nice piece of hitting, and they ultimately, the inning ends with a Chase Anderson strikeout, but they do get through that lineup uh, one time fully through the first two innings. Bottom half of the second, and this is just Bryce Harper doing it all, there was a Dom Nunez single to shallow right, uh, and coming around and trying to score, C.J. Crone getting the third, comes home, Bryce Harper throwing it right through the cutoff man to J.T. Romuto, gunning the run out at the plate. And then the inning ended with a John Gray strikeout. He would ultimately do some damage to the plate later. But as of this point, Bryce Harper has now homered and gunned a runner out at the plate. So he scored one with his bat, thrown one out with his arm. Top half of the third... With two outs, Bryce Harper comes up again and hits a home run to right field that was even further. So now he's accounted for like a net positive of three runs, cutting one off himself and hitting two. And things are just going great. Bottom half of the third, Rockies go down one, two, three. Top half of the fourth, Phillies go down one, two, three. And it was the bottom half of the fourth where all hell breaks loose. And there's just so much to break down from this inning. The whole thing started with a Ryan McMahon single. C.J. Crone then hit a single to left center. There was a sacrifice bunt, uh, which moved runners second to third. A sacrifice fly by Josh Fuentes, scored in one run. And they ulting Chase Anderson, pitching around the eight-hitter Dom Nunez, which you figure, okay, two outs, John Gray, the Rockies pitcher up at the plate with uh, runners in scoring position. This is where the Phillies finally get out of the inning. And... Because he had a sacrifice bunt and a sacrifice fly. Productive outs. But the Phillies are up 2-1. Anderson will get out of this no problem. And they'll be out of the inning up 2-1. We'll go to the fifth. Well, John Gray singles to center. Chase Anderson missed on the pitch. Left it out over the plate. The pitcher comes through. Ties the game 2-2. And that's where all hell just started to break loose. Ryan Miltapia singles to right field. He was the leadoff hitter. He makes it 3-2. Garrett Hampson draws a, draws a walk. And now we have the bases loaded to Trevor Story. And of all the pitchers Girardi could have gone to, and I get that you have Bradley and Alvarado not available to you right now, but you have Coonrod, you have Brogdon. Some people even say go to Naris even though he's the closer. But of all of the guys you could go to, I would say perhaps the last guy I would want is your long man in a high-levered situation. Maybe if you're starting a clean inning, because you think Anderson can't even get through four, and you need someone to eat the innings of the fifth, the sixth, maybe even the seventh, whatever the case might be. You have Trevor Story, one of the best bats in their lineup, toughest outs in their lineup, with the bases loaded in a pivotal point in the game, and they're up one. And what does he do? He leaves a pitch out over the middle of the plate, as I mentioned earlier, for a grand slam. Rockies put up a seven spot, and the entire, the the whole game is over, right from that point. And Joe Girardi says it after the game, you know, I think if we get John Gray out there, the pitcher, and I think the whole game goes differently. Like, no kidding. No kidding if you get the pitcher out. But Chase Anderson didn't get the pitcher out. You brought, you went to the wrong guy who allowed a grand slam, and the whole game was shot from that point on. Rockies, like I said, go on to win 12-2. A horrible showing in a series rubber match for the Phillies. A chance to climb above 500. They don't. Uh, I'll highlight the one positive game from this series on Saturday night. Phillies winning by a score of seven to five. Aaron Nola goes seven innings, allows four runs, which of course stirs the debate: is he or is he not an ace? Coors Field, tough place to pitch. I thought uh, he actually battled back nicely after allowing a couple of runs in the bottom half of the fifth. Reese Hoskins did back him up in the top half of the top half of the sixth, rather, with a three-run home run, scoring Aaron Nola and Andrew McCutcheon, the pitcher and the leadoff spot, who. You know, feels like the leadoff spot has been an extra pitcher spot, quite frankly, with McCutcheon this year. But uh, it was Aaron Nola who hit into a fielder's choice and got on base. Roman Quinn had been caught trying to steal third in that inning. That felt like it was going to kill the entire inning. McCutcheon drew a walk after that, which led to the Hoskins homer. So they get three runs back. And Nola did settle in a little bit after the fifth. He goes two more scoreless. It was nice to see. Again, Not one of, maybe not an ace pitching performance, but he allows four runs, enough to get the win. Phillies win 7-5. Reese Hoskins with a big home run. Uh, there were runs scored earlier in the game. It was a two-home run game for Hoskins, actually. A three-run home run there. A two-run home run got the scoring started in the third for the Phils. Didi Gregorius had a single to right, and Alec Bohm had a sacrifice fly. So that's how the Phillies got a 7-5 win on Saturday. And then, But Friday was another brutal one. It was the third game in a row this week that the bullpen had blown. Now, you remember Tuesday's game with allowing two three-run home runs Brogdon did uh, to blow that game to the Giants. On Wednesday, the bullpen blew the game, and Andrew Knapp ended up coming through with a single in the bottom of the ninth to win that thing. So that was two days in a row the bullpen blew it and started showing the 2020 ways. Bullpen allows a run in the seventh, a run in the eighth, and a run in the ninth uh, in this game to the Colorado Rockies. The, the Phillies, at, at the seventh-inning stretch, had a lead of 4-1, and as I mentioned, so in the seventh, it was, once again, David Hale, uh, who was in the game at that point, Sam Coonrod allowed a run, and Hector Neris ultimately, ultimately allowed a walk-off home run to Ryan Tapia, gave me flashbacks to that Charlie Blackman walk-off home run that Juan Nicasio allowed just two years ago, and once again, just Coors Field, another house of horrors. It was, a by the way, in the bottom half of the seventh, a Ryan McMahon RBI single in the bottom half of the eighth, a Garrett Hampson home run. And then Tapia with the dagger, a walk-off home run off of Hector Neris. The bullpen allowing runs in each of the last three innings to blow that game on Friday. Overall, just a horrible series at Coors Field. They lose two of three, drop to 10 and 11. This team has been a real burden to watch recently. And I get it. You know, they the offense showed up. Reese Hoskins showed up. And Bryce Harper showed up. Uh, on Saturday and Sunday's games, respectively. But whether it's the bullpen blowing some games this week, whether it's just not having the starting pitching depth that you need to be legitimate, competi- legitimately competitive, whether it's the bad defense, whether it's the ma- managerial decision to go to hell today, whether it's just not getting the pitcher out as something as simple as that uh, in Sunday's ball game it's Just th- countless thing after thing after thing that will make you drive your head up a wall watching this Phillies team at the moment. Uh, that is causing them to lose games and again I hope they go to Bush Stadium and find a way to win three out of four it would certainly be playing above their pay grade the way this team plays on the road and they need to find a way to spark some energy on the road and some more consistent offense and some more consistent pitching performances but we will preview that series on the other side of the break but first I'm going to tell you about my friends at Built Bar the best tasting protein bar ever they have 18 amazing flavors including the six new ones Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, but the best part, Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or girl. They will help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Great for anyone looking to go on a diet. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your next order. One last time, Lock15 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your next order of the best-tasting protein bar ever. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaCanfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts from every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all sports, podcasts, music, or news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Previewing this four game series uh, at Bush Stadium coming up this week. Uh, the Phillies will be done with the St. Louis Cardinals in April, which is kind of weird that a National League team, you just you got two or three from them at home, hoping they can have similar success on the road. In tonight's ballgame, it'll be Zach Wheeler. He'll uh, be going up against Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright, who did not face the Phillies when the Cardinals were in Philadelphia, but of course has been on that team for about 15 years. So certainly anyone who's been in the big leagues has seen at-bats against him. For Zach Wheeler, hoping to return to his old ways, he ran into a little bit of trouble on Tuesday night when he faced against the Giants. He allowed a Buster Posey home run and then a Tommy Lastella home run, and things started to unravel for him later. So hopefully he can have a nice solid start, nice clean start out in St. Louis and maybe get this team back on the right track. On Tuesday, it'll be Zach Eflin. Going up against Carlos Martinez, Zach Eflin, who has been pretty solid so far this season, a 2.77 ERA. He'll be going against Carlos Martinez. And if you remember, the Phillies were having offensive struggles leading into that game on Friday, April 16th. And Carlos Martinez, who has a 6 ERA and is 0-4 so far this season, was the pitcher who ultimately served up 6 runs and 5 innings pitched to the Phillies that night. So maybe the Phillies can get the offense going Against him again in Wednesday's ballgame. Everyone's favorite, Vince Velasquez, making start number two of the year for him following his four-inning, two-run performance at Coors Field. He will be going against Johan Evito, who has pitched just once this year. Did not pitch against the Phillies. It was an April 11th start against the Milwaukee Brewers. He allowed no runs in four and two-thirds. And then on Thursday, it'll be the Phillies' number one. Whether you want to call him an ace or not, that's up to you. Aaron Nola following his... Seven-in seven-inning, four-run performance rather at Coors Field, and he will be going against Juan Hyung Kim, who also pitched against the Phillies when the Cardinals were here uh, just a few weeks ago, and that was a three-inning, three-run performance for Juan Hyung Kim. So someone the Phillies are familiar with from just a few weeks ago, and maybe the bath can get going in a day game. So again, a four-game set at. Out in St. Louis, uh, Bush Stadium. Some again weird start time, 7:45, which is 6:45 local time in St. Louis. So 7:45 for the Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday ball game. Then a 1:15 start time out in St. Louis on Thursday, which is a 12:15 local start time for them. So look, I think you need to try and take at least two out of four here. Get back home. You got a big weekend series. Against the Mets and then four at home against the Brewers. Get back to your winning ways. They're a game below 500, so two and two would still bring them back home below 500, but just don't lose three out of four because that, that would just be like the worst thing ever that this team could do. Bryce Harper seems like he's in one of these hot streaks. They need to find some wins behind him. Hopefully, Reese Hoskins can continue swinging the bat well. Hopefully, the starting pitching holds up in this series. You have mostly starters you feel good about in Wheeler, Eflin, and Nola. The wild card start, I think, for everyone will be that Velasquez game on Wednesday. And you have a couple of pitchers here that you faced and had success against just a few weeks ago. So hopefully that carries over to this series in St. Louis. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. Make sure you are subscribed and also follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Phillies, as well as myself on Twitter at Dan underscore Wilson four. I will have more podcasts reacting to all the action in St. Louis and everything with this Phillies team later in the week until next time. Have a great Monday, everyone. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: Hey, prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music.
0: Download the Amazon music app today.